honestly it's been eight years and i'm still in shock hey <laughs> having to take care of myself at a young age and manage my life and figure out my values at a very young age was shocking hi everyone my name is moyo hi my name is tilsen and we're the host of peas in the podcast where we have everyday conversations about navigating adulthood prioritizing community and wellness ready ready Welcome to episode four. Four. <laughs> I feel like we're going to keep, you know, counting. Maybe till... after 11, we'll stop counting. Or 10. After the, yeah, I think after 10. It will be, become more. We'll be yeah. like, this is so irregular to me. Yeah. I do this on a norm in my sleep. But welcome back, everyone. Um, today, we are going to be talking about our immigration story. Yes, yes. Um, if you've not been paying attention for the past three episodes, we are Nigerians. We moved from Nigeria and we moved to Canada, Toronto, Canada, to be specific. And today, we'll be talking about that journey, what it looked like, why we moved, um, culture shock, because it was real. It is it real. It was really shocking. He shook me. And then the highlights and lowlights of, you know, moving and just reflecting in general, like if we could do it again, would we do it? Yeah. But yeah. But before we go into all of that and all the amazing conversations we're going to have, Moyo, what's the vibe today? The vibe is calm. 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 I like that. <laughs> well, uh, any highlights for your week? Mm, highlights highlights i actually had like a lot of good emotions and just feelings um i had bad ones too but i think the good outweighed the bad and i i made banana bread with a friend so that was really cool because i don't know it was just nice to teach a person because i was like let's teach you how to do this and then we used um ice cream on the banana and that was the first time i did that because i typically just take it alone and it was great like i still think about it but yeah nice how about you um the vibe first for me is excited hmm. i'm a little jittery you're jittery yeah why i don't know i feel like i'm just excited to be here like how's oh! i be <laughs> But the highlight from my week, um, hmm, I think, yes, I know one. I had the best sleep of my life in the last, like, since the last five months. So, backstory, really quick. Mm -hmm. I have been sleeping on my couch. I have a really comfortable couch. Mm -hmm. You do. Yeah, but But it is not a bed. I've been sleeping on my couch because... My apartment, it's a two-bedroom apartment, and I stay in the master bedroom. My sister's mm-hmm. in the other. And for some reason, my room doesn't have any air conditioning. In the master as well. Yeah. Just- and I didn't, I didn't notice that when I decided to move in here um, until some... Because we moved in right at the end of summer um, into fall. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really notice it until this summer just passed. And literally, and my blanket is one of those Ikea blankets mm-hmm. that literally roast your life. And so sleeping in my room has been terrible. And so I've been sleeping on the couch for the past summer, is June, July, yeah. August, for the past couple months. And now that the weather is finally dropping, mm-hmm. um, I moved back into my room like this week. And God, am I grateful that I spent that money on that mattress. Can't relate to 
like you really cannot Moya relate. has a very springy mattress. Oh my gosh. Um, it's but actually the worst. You're, yeah. You're, you're sitting on Moyo's mattress. You're feeling the bed frame. You're feeling everything. <laughs> oh, it's so bad. I need to invest in a good one. But like I had an amazing sleep. I've also been trying out this new coffee on the ground floor. I'm such an old woman. I'm excited about my sleep. I'm getting old, guys. I think you're just enjoying the things that a lot of people don't enjoy. I don't I'm enjoying old. the simple things about you are. life. Exactly. So sleep, and then I've been trying this coffee down um, on the ground floor of my building in this convenience store. It's not instant coffee. Like, there's a machine mm-hmm. there. Um, and it's a brand I've never tried before, Van Hoot or Hoot. I don't know how you say it. Mm-hmm. But they make some bum-ass coffee. So you're a coffee girl. I'll say so, but also it doesn't Does do it anything make for you, me. Exactly for me, I it actually makes me you know do a number two. It's just the taste for me. <laughs> like I, there's just something about it, especially when in the winter I walk to the subway when I'm going to work. So I get the coffee. Mm-hmm. It's kind of warm in my hand. It's just for the vibes. It's really the vibes. But it's it really good coffee. You. But I don't get any. It doesn't make me more awake. Like if I wanted to be awake, I'd rather do an energy drink, like. But last time I took Red Bull, I thought I was having a heart attack. Oh, no. But, yeah. So, energy drinks give me that jitter. Um, But, yeah. That was my week. It was... Interesting. It was a good week. It sounds, you know, wholesome. Yeah. Enjoying coffee. Enjoying (laughs) sleep. Sounds good. But... Into the episode, um, what we wanted to talk about today, which is our immigration story. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess we can start with why are we even here in the first place? Like, why did we move? So for me, mine is not special. My sister, um, my older sister, she moved to Canada two years before I did. So I was in Nigeria when she Nigeria when she moved, and so it was just like a given, not a given, but my parents wanted me to move with her. And there was a period when I was in high school in Nigeria, and they were just like, "Oh, do you want to?" do it in Nigeria like do you want to do university in Nigeria and I was like sorry you want me to be something on the phone my sister is in the abroad and you want me to be here I was like nah 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 and then we actually wrote the when I wrote the exams for you know YAC, JAM all those stuff I had really good scores so there was a school that wanted me to come to their school they gave me scholarship and stuff so my my parents were really like you know go it's a really good university blah 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 I said no I'm not going to do that. So I just, it wasn't really much of like a force. They were just like, your sister is there. It makes sense for you to be with her. And yeah, they wanted both of us to be together. And it was for university. It was nothing extra. But I think for Nigerian parents who send their kids over here, um, they want you to come to school, eventually get your permanent residency, mm. and eventually get a citizenship. So I would say their end goal is, the citizenship rather than just the school cbh that's like the return on their investment not necessarily mm-hmm. and like your career and all of that but yeah how about you for me it was totally random because you're the first yeah i'm the <laughs> first born so um i didn't really grow up with like you know there's some people that grew up with like i'm gonna finish high school and i'm gonna go abroad hmm. i really didn't think about it it's not that I didn't want it. I just, it wasn't an active thought for me. Yeah. And so I was in SS1. What grade would that be? I don't know. Grade 10. Yeah. Yeah. So I was in grade 10 um, or SS1. 
And my parents are like, you're about to graduate. Like In grade 10? Yeah. Wow. They're like, you have to... Because if you're going to be going abroad, we need to be stuck in the bank. Oh, that's true. Yeah. So <laughs> my parents are like... Um, actually, my dad had his mindset that I was going to a school in Nigeria. Hmm. Um, um, I think he did. Mm-hmm. And I remember being like, okay, now I have to actively think about university. And so I was in high school. Wow. And one day, one of... Um, shout out. I don't know if I want to say her name. But someone in um, my high school was like, oh, I'm going to Canada for school. And I was like, never heard about that place before. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, so random. Like, you hear people say, I'm going to the U.S., mm-hmm. I'm going to the U.K. But I was like, Canada, interesting. Let's let's Google that. Mm-hmm. And then so I Googled it, and I was like, hmm. And I was like, "What? where are you going to study in Canada? This whole story is rounding up to me being a copycat. But <laughs> I was like, what um, school are you going to? And she named the school and she's like, I actually have an agent that my mom is working with. Yeah. If you want her number, I can give it to you. I was like, wow. Connects. Give it to me then. <laughs> and then, so I did some like research for what my high school brain thought was research. And I came home and I, I was, think it was probably research. You are <laughs> a, re- a research person. I was just like, I came home on like a midterm break on a holiday. And I was like, mommy, I'm going to Canada. That's where I'm going to go. Wow. And she was like, where is this coming from? I was like, I did some research. This is this woman's number. Mm-hmm. For now that I think about it, back at the entire experience, my mom, the fact that she trusted me yeah. is wild. I don't know how the parents just say, because to paint, to give more color to this picture, for non-Nigerians, we typically are in school really young. Like, we start school really early. early, So you being in grade 10, being in SS1, you were probably, like, what, 12? Yeah. Making this sort of decision to go abroad, to go study. Who are you? You're not a teenager. Yeah. That's actually mad. And we'll talk into all the trauma it is Mm. that comes with making decisions, Mm. like, so early in life. (laughs) (laughs) Not you giving Mm. deep (laughs) sighs. But, yeah, so I was like, this is a school, I, I, like, I want to go to Canada. I've done a lot of research about it. The immigration process seems to, and I'm the type of person, and you know me, I don't bring ideas without research mm-hmm. to back up. Yeah. Like, I'm like, these are the links. Like, I wrote everything down. I wrote the website down. I was like, this is this woman's number. You should call her and have a conversation with her. Wow. And my mom called. And by the time, my dad worked um, away from home mm-hmm. and for long periods. So this all this conversation was happening without my dad's knowledge. Wow. My mom had called her and was like, okay, how do we start the process? And then my dad came back to find out that I have plans to go to Canada. And he was like, what? I think That's he was a little wild. apprehensive at first. But I'm here, so it worked. You're here. How many years? <laughs> like eight? I've been here for eight years. Wow. I and came here do. as... A student on a student permit and now a permanent resident. Well, we both are permanent Ah! residents. Crazy. (laughs) Very grateful. Yeah, eight years is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but um, yeah, and so that's how I did that. And yeah, I moved here. Nothing like really special. Mm -hmm. It was just I found out from a friend and now I'm here. Yeah, that's cool. But in terms of I feel like I want to know more about the culture shock because, like I said, you probably came when you were like, well, 15, 16. Yeah, 15. We got to get into the culture shock. Yeah. Because I know that's a lot. 
So what was that like for you? Honestly, it's been eight years and I'm still in shock. Hey. <laughs> I honest, like I think I've reached like sometimes I think I've reached my max mm. level of shockness, if that's a word. Wow. I don't think it is. But something shows up and I'm like, wow, I still have more shock to go through. Hey, wow. Um I feel like the first I guess when I think about culture shock, I kind of compartmentalize them in my head. Mm. Um, I, did you hear me struggle through that word? It's okay. <laughs> no worries. I, try, um, I put them in sections. Mm-hmm. Um, the first couple of, like, whoa, what is this? Was when, because we, I did, well, I don't know if it's the same for you, I think it is, but I did a transitional high school yeah, experience. Um, and the academic system is just so different. The Canadian system is very heavy on project essays. Yeah. I was learning MLA, APA format. I was like, that one threw What me is this? Off. Like, who cares who how really you present cares? your freaking letter? Who cares? Because where do I use that now in my daily life? Do you do MLA in your emails? I, I'm so confused. Oh, gosh. So the academics like um was just a big whoa mm-hmm. and then the learning the financial system too is like still learning do you know what's crazy you know what's great <laughs> <laughs> you know what's crazy let me tell you what's crazy tell me um being a kid in nigeria that never had a bank account i never dealt with my in, my own money myself yeah and in the span of like six months or a summer now I have a bank account, I have my own ATM card, and I'm in charge of how my money... Well, and I'm not making the money, but yeah. I'm in charge of how I spend my money. How you manage, exactly. I was so confused. I was... I had to ask, what is checking? What is what savings? What is checking? What is savings? Even though it sounds explanatory, I was like, what, so what does credit card mean? Even though I wasn't... I couldn't have one. Confused. Very confused. So that was the first level of like, oh my God, this is going to be a rocky road. And then um, I think another thing to mention is the biggest shock was how fast I lost my childhood. Hmm. What? What? <laughs> what? In the span of six months, I went from being a kid to an adult. Like I am responsible for where I am. Mm-hmm. I'm responsible for who I associate myself with. Yep. I'm ex- responsible for what I do with my life, technically. Yeah. Everything. Your life is in your hands. Moya, stop with the singing, please. <laughs> but yeah, it was so... The, it was so traumatizing. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of benefits that come from this. Mm-hmm. But now looking back, it was... I didn't realize how much I would have loved to hold on to that childhood a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, I like so, that. Yeah, so that was the first thing. And then the second shock came in university. Um, so background, I went to nursing school, um, and the program I was uh, admitted into had a different kind of system. You had to do two years in college first and then two years in university. Mm-hmm. And so my the college I decided to go to was in a city called Barrie. Mm-hmm. If you live in Canada, I don't know if that rings any bells for you, but Barry's definitely not Toronto. 
So I spent my, my I spent my first couple months in Toronto before I moved to Barry. Um, and Barry is how do I say it? The caucasity is a lot. <laughs> and so I feel like this was the very first point in my life I had to confront my blackness. That mm. I wasn't and I don't want to say I wasn't aware because I knew I was black, but did I know I was black? Did you know? Did I know a, what that meant? Coming from a word. Yeah. <laughs> did I know that, oh, now you're not just black, but you're considered a mm-hmm. the N-word, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> um, so, yeah, it was the first time I had to confront my blackness and what that meant in the Western world. As a woman as well. As a woman, a black and woman. And then African as well. Yeah. It's just a lot of layers. It's a lot just of layers. Just for you. And so that was definitely a struggle um, to give into perspective. Like in my program, when I was in Barry, there were about 10 to 15 people of color. And I'm and I'm not specifying black people. I'm just saying ah, 10 to 15 people um, of color. That's in my program. I don't know about any other program. Even though. But wow. in Barry, it was... A, and that was such a change for me because... I had moved to Canada and I'd been in Canada for a year or so, mm-hmm. but then I was in a high school that was full of um, Nigerian international students. Yeah. So I still really didn't have that shock. But then being in a class where someone literally, I remember this so vividly, turned to me and was like, how come you speak such good English? <laughs> and I was like, how hey, <laughs> <laughs> I was so confused. I was like, um... The shock, really? (laughs) I've only spoken one language my entire life. (laughs) Like, I remember one time in clinical, this girl, bro, this girl was like, um, so, like, how was the... How did you adjust to, like, technology and stuff? Uh, I was like, sis, we have internet where I'm coming from. Wow. Like, these are stories you hear people say, but to actually live them out and to experience it yourself is a whole different It's a whole different story. And, yeah, that's just a few of the things I experienced with shock. And then still now, there's still many other things I could talk about. But let me know about you. Like, what were your biggest, like, oh, my God, this is really happening? I think it was the weather. Mm. One. Like, I knew Canada was a cold country. My sister had given me the rundown. She's like, this is what it is. It snows a lot. All these type of things. And I'm just like, cool, cool, cool. And Nigeria is hot. Like, hot. I'm wearing... The un- the uniform we had in high school, we wore white shirts, a waistcoat, a tie. It was a lot and of layers a blazer. for a hot country. It wa- and we had to wear it. We had to wear it. We didn't have any excuse. And so coming to Canada, I was like, okay, now I can wear whatever I want. It was just weird. Like I had to figure out my food, what I needed to eat. Even as an adult, a lot of people on TikTok are like, wow, I'm an adult trying to figure out what I need to eat. As a child, I now needed to figure that out. And that was hard. But the weather specifically, I knew it was cold, but I didn't know how it was going to affect my being, literally, like my... I guess my mental health as well. And I didn't know it was mental health like in the moment. Mm. Um, so in retrospect, I was like, yeah, I don't like the winter. 
And some people enjoy this. Some people enjoy winter activities, you know, skating, all of that. Say snowboarding. Snow. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Come. Yeah. yeah. She said, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <Charlie> bro. <laughs> yeah, bro. But I just like, no, like I, I remember the first time I saw snow, I was just like, I remember I was in church and I was just like, oh, wow. Okay. Bye. Like, no, I don't want that. <laughs> and I just walked away. And I remember falling down like one of the, my first winter, like I wore the boots and I had to commute downtown like every day for my, like the high school that I went to. So that experience was really hard because commuting, I never like had to commute in Nigeria by myself using like public transportation. And I know that is like privilege, but I just did not experience that. And public transportation in Canada is very different from Nigeria. So um, just having to experience that was a lot as well. like coupled with the weather i remember falling down snow just i was tumbling in the snow (laughs) and i was like what is this so many things and yeah that was just something that like it made me sad also going to university was also hard and figuring out that i'm alone and i have to figure out what community looks like Mm. because being in high school was different in Nigeria because one, you're in boarding school or you're a day student, but you still have people in your class. But university, these people could be taking different courses. I could be taking a French course, but like the program that I'm in would be business and the other person would be like in kinesiology. So I'm not seeing them again. Like it could just be French every Monday and they could skip, skip class and me, I don't know. So like university was hard as well. Finding a community was hard to make friends. I had to like look for avenues and opportunities where I could be intentional with friends and to actually have people that I talk to, things like that. Because in Nigeria, it was very different. And my family as well. The distance, I feel, really took a toll on me with my friends in Nigeria and my family back home as well. I feel like I could have... That was when I learned that I'm not a long-distance person. And I do not communicate Same, at babe. 15. Like at 15, I was like, I don't want to keep talking about the weather. Like, I don't know what else to talk about with you, mother and Mm. father and friends. Mm. Hi, I'm good. You? Great. Bye. So it was hard. What did you eat? What did you? What did I eat? I didn't even know. (laughs) Like, I don't even think it it got to that point. Like, it was just very, I don't know. So I think that's really changed. Um, and having to take care of myself at a young age and manage my life and figure out my values at a very young age was shocking. But I just thought it was normal then. And then race, like you mentioned. Omo. Omo is how you Omo. really say it. Omo. It was a lot. You said it all, but uh, that's something we can dive deeper in in a different episode. But I think figuring out that I was the only black person my first day of high school. Because I moved with my friend, but she didn't start school the same day as I did. Mm. So I was the only black person in the entire school. And coming from a predominantly um, black country, I was shook. And yeah, I was shook. That's all I'm going to say. But yeah. But yeah, I could feel you on one, like friends and family. I'm not a long distance girl. Mm. Like, <laughs> I was just like, how many? Same thing you said. How many times can I ask you? Are you good? Are you good? Yes. What did you do today? You. But I feel like, with that being said, Mm -hmm. although there was a lot of shock, there was also like, 
highlights. Like, it's not a completely yeah. terrible experience. Yeah. <laughs> so, I want us to go into, if you could pick a few things, what would you say were your biggest highlights? Mm. And then what would you say were your biggest lowlights? Okay, for me, I think highlights definitely has to be the opportunities I have experienced in terms of career, in terms of the education. I don't think I would have been able to have access to like the universities that I had to choose from and pick from um, the experiences that I had, like networking opportunities at university, like going to one of the best business schools in the country, things like that. I just mm. feel like it was very, it was a surreal moment, but I was also like, this is stressing me out at the age of 16, but I'm very grateful. Um, and being able to go on exchange as well. There are yes, just so many. Did. Yeah. I just think there's so many like beautiful moments that I've had in this country, um, experiencing different people as well. I don't think I would have been able to meet non-Nigerian people as friends, not just like white people, but um, people from different cultures and backgrounds mm. and experiences, walks of life, like having an older friend because I have friends that are like in their 30s. Mm. So things like that, I'm really grateful for being a part of different communities. Um, and yeah, um, and I also think independence, as much as I feel like I grew up too quickly. I feel like being able to be independent and make decisions on my own. Um, at this age, I, I feel like I understand how to, you know, cook at such a young age. So I have that skill. I have that, um, I have the ability to like go like plan things in terms of like planning a flight or like booking a flight for myself or booking Airbnbs and like hotels. Th I have a passport, like things like that. Mm. So I'm really grateful for that. And I can adapt to different areas. When I went on exchange, I was able to adapt because I came here in 15. So like there's some things that are not so new to me. So yeah, those are the highlights. In terms of low light, I would say racism for sure i think that's something that um i did not really think about mm. and now that i'm experiencing it um it's just not fun racism it's is not really cute not. so that's it is what it is like i don't have to go in depth in that um and then growing up really quickly i think that's like a low light. Sometimes I'm just like, I, I want my mom to take care of me. Like yeah. I miss that. I want someone to cook dinner for me. I want to be taken care of. Or I, I just miss the fact that I was taken care of at such a young age. And then it was kind of taken away from me so quickly. Because even now when my parents come over, I'm taking care of them. Mm -hmm. So I feel like Sometimes they do take care of me, but it's mostly me taking care of them. Um, so, because they expected they're like, I'm an adult. So, I just didn't have that time. Um, and then dating is not cute in Toronto. If oh you know, God. you freaking know. It's not the best. Yeah, like in Nigeria, I would... And I'm not saying catcalling is cute, okay? But being wanted was really a thing in Nigeria. And mm. once you grow up in that environment, coming to Canada where a lot of the guys don't move to you is a little scary. You're like, oh, am I not cute? Did I just think those men... Like, it's just very different. So I think that experience is is not the best. Um, But yeah, it takes time. And it's not even like not 
just about not being wanted. Mm -hmm. I feel like coming from a place where majority of the people look like you, Mm -hmm. you were somewhere in the spectrum of standard of beauty. Yeah, that's the one. But when you're in a country where majority of people don't look like you, Mm -hmm. unfortunately, you're not the standard of beauty. I'm not the standard. And... To be honest, that's a conversation for another That's It's a jarring reality. Yeah. Like, yeah, my brain was like, I'm the bottom of the... Wow, okay, cool. 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 But that's a conversation we'll have. That's a different um, conversation. A different episode. <laughs> um, but I guess for me, mm-hmm. I would definitely say the friends and the people I have in my corner now. Yeah. For example... You, I would never have met you. We didn't grow up in a similar state. Yep. Um, we don't have, like, our families don't have similar circles. At I would all. never have met you if I didn't move here. And I look at all of the other friendships I have in my life, and these are all people that what brought us together, aside from other factors, was yeah. being in Canada. Um, so that's definitely one of my biggest highlights, the community um, friends and support I have. Um, I think who I am as an adult now, although it has come with so much trauma, mm-hmm. I am proud of who I am becoming and how I am rising above. Hmm. And I snaps, think- <laughs> snaps, and quotes and tweets. Um, I'm proud of how I'm rising above. Um, I think that although trauma is not cute or tribulations aren't cute. Not tribulations. Or obstacles aren't cute. Trials. But it is a great platform to show strength. Yeah. And sometimes I don't want to be strong. But, (laughs) (laughs) But... I am proud of the strength that I've shown over the years. Yeah. I'm proud of the adult I'm becoming. Mm. Um, and so that's one of the... I feel like growing up in Nigeria, I was privileged. Yeah. And if I had continued in my father's house and my mother's house, I would have been very sheltered. And I feel like moving has given me the opportunity to find myself outside of my family. Um I find my strength too. So those are my major highlights. I guess career opportunities too. But maybe I'll talk about that another <laughs> day. I'm currently in the pits with my career. Mm-hmm. So I I can't see the light at the end of the tunnel. Mm-hmm. But when I do, I'll come back and let you know. Yes. You'll be reporting <laughs> soon, I know. Yeah. Um, and then low lights, definitely racism. And I want to even specify a subsect because... If you don't like me, you don't like me. Woohoo. Yeah. Microaggression? <laughs> oh. I'm going to say it again. Microaggression. It's because just everyone aggression. goes around. One of the things that you hear about when you're moving to Canada is like, it's not like the US. They are not racist yeah. here. They're nice. They are award hmm, in microaggression. <laughs> and I really wanted to specify that because. Blatant racism still sucks. Yeah. But microaggression does this emotional toil. Yeah. 
it makes you almost run mad. Because like, you're like, I, was it me? Um, am I crazy? Am I reading into um, it too I much? the drama? I know you're not. They're just like, racist. Some people say some things and you're like, maybe I'm just, I'm just thinking too much. You? The emotional toll that comes with microaggression, the emotional toll that comes with you second-guessing yourself yeah. everywhere you are, the feeling of, I will never fit in, sucks. And not only I will never fit in in Canada... It almost as you live here longer because a lot of my formative years have been in Canada too. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of my views, the way I, my outlook on life is sometimes very different um, than if I didn't live in Canada. So sometimes I go back home and I'm interacting with my family and it almost feels like, oh, I also feel like I don't fit in here too. Yeah. So where do I fit in? <laughs> It's, I think that's really hard because in Nigeria, like you said, like if you had stayed back, you'd have been very sheltered. Mm. And so I just feel like if I go back, they kind of see me as sheltered already because I have come to, like I studied abroad mm. and like lived there. So whenever I go back for summer, I've only been there once ever since I left. But it's like, okay, she's sheltered. But then she's not really Nigerian. She doesn't really experience the same thing we do, which is fair. But then when and I come it's here, true. exactly, it's fair. And the other line, but when I come here to Canada, it's like, why is she having some mannerisms? She's so different. So it's almost like the only people that I can fully relate with and be myself with is like the Nigerian immigrants. Yeah. And it's just like, that is my safe haven. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like it's also why we connect very well mm-hmm. because I don't know if you remember. Um, and this is giving y'all a little behind the scenes. But when we <laughs> recorded our first episode, yeah, we Moya and I were looking at, um, or looking, we're listening, listening <laughs> to the episode, and we were surprised. This is the first time I don't know for ex- an extended period of time I'm listening to myself talk, and I sound in some things I sound very Nigerian. I still have my very Nigerian mannerisms. Yeah, but then in some. Some things not so. Yeah. And I feel like with other Nigerian immigrants, the confusion in the way you speak, the kind of jokes that you make, all these things are shaped by the culture around you. And I feel like it's only with Nigerian immigrants that I feel seen. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, oh, you understand. The, you, you get it. You get it. Exactly. Um. So, yeah. Um. Another low light, I guess, I think you already said it, um, was dating. I'm not even in the mood for that one today. <laughs> we'll come back here another day. <laughs> I'm not in the mood for that today. But aside from that, mm-hmm. um, I think that also just figuring out who I am, although that's one of my highlights, has also been a low light because I have had to develop this hyper-dependence, um, hyper-independence, sorry, mm-hmm. hyper-independence personality. Yeah. Because I have I felt like I had no direct guide mm-hmm. and I just had to figure it out. And now when you talk about even friendships and thinking about romantic relationships, after living in such a hyper independent mode, it's like, oh now you want someone else to, to care, care for me? me? What do you want? Like I've been doing this alone for the entire eight years. Like exactly. I'm so confused. Mm-hmm. Um but that's also another conversation for another day. <laughs> 
But yeah. But yeah, um, I guess with all that being said, if you, knowing all that you know now, you know that if someone had shown you yourself eight years ago, like showing your your present self, sorry, um, would you do, would you go to school? Would you, um, you know, migrate to Canada? Hmm. Knowing what I know now, mm-hmm. will I still make the move? Honestly, yes. Hmm, why? I think one, and this has been a hard journey, but I like who I am today. Hmm, that's, wow, that's really hard for people to say, or at least for me to say personally. Like, I feel like a lot of people don't say, oh, I like myself. Like, I like, I really do like myself. Oh my gosh. Um, And I don't think I will be who... I am today without the entire experience. Not to sound like a narcissist, mm. but I'm obviously there's still things that I would have loved to change. Yeah, um, I would have loved to be more prepared. Um, I would have loved to change the transition in how it happened. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have loved to have a conversation with my parents and like kind of prepare me through those years before the actual move. Mm-hmm. But I will still make it. Because I like who I am today, or I like who I'm becoming. Yeah. Um, being a first-generation immigrant is hard. Yeah. It's complex and definitely bittersweet. But I cannot neglect the fact that it's given me an opportunity to give my future generation a better head start than mm. they have. Agreed. Um. So, yes, if I could do this all over again, if I got to redo, mm-hmm. maybe I might have done it differently, mm-hmm. but I'll still do it. What are you? Yeah. I 100% agree. I think I would have definitely done it again. Um, and in all transparency, I really think it's because I look back at, like, the political climate in Nigeria right mm-hmm. now. I look at different things happening around the world, really, and I'm like, realistically... Make I no lie. She said make I no lie. People are, you know. It's rough. It's rough out there. And I'm not trying to be oblivious to that. So, like, I would move. And I think moving earlier, it's giving me the opportunity to, like, already know the system. Like, I'm not Mm. learning it now. Um, And so I think I would do it. I would just, I just wish maybe I did it with more knowledge. Mm. And not, I wish I did it at, like, a later stage. Like, maybe 18 rather than 15. Um, I think I would have been able to navigate things like family, long distance, friendship Mm -hmm. and family um, dynamics and like figuring out, you know, like some of my values before having to like build my values by myself at 15. Mm. Does that make sense? But um, I was going to add something to that. I feel like the fact that we both say we would do it again also, someone I don't know. This is kind of off the rip, but also, someone makes me sad. Mm. Then why do we have to migrate? Yeah, exactly. Like it makes me sad that where I still call home is isn't creating a space for, especially the new generation, the young generation, and even for everyone living there, isn't creating a space for us to want to be there. Yeah. Like, why wouldn't I want to be where I belong? Exactly. 
Why would I want to be where I feel most myself, where, not most myself, but my culture, Mm -hmm. where I honestly still up till date refer to as home. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's just so, and that's a different complex conversation on the survivor's guilt. Yeah. On being able to, I don't want to say survivor's guilt, but the guilt that comes with migrating Mm -hmm. and knowing the reasons why you migrated, but also feeling guilty for thinking this is the better option. Yeah. Because Nigeria is still home. Because you're like the people back home who actively do not want to migrate. Like, do they have to wait? Can't I not just go back? Yeah. Yeah, and I feel like this is going to a different conversation. But I, I think really this is think a good thing the, to say. Yeah, but the the fact that when I dream of my future, yeah, I know they dream will make it, but like when I think of my future, what I where I see myself, unfortunately, I don't have Nigeria in that picture. I wish I did, but I don't. And it makes me and sad. it makes me sad that like people in Nigeria might not even have Nigeria as their dream place to be. And I, yeah. Yeah. That's unfortunate. Um, but yeah, this is, we've come to the end of the episode. That was such, <laughs> that was such uh-huh. a dive down to mm-hmm. the end. Um, <laughs> I think it's something to think about. I hope it also got you thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, have you migrated? Um, well, first, go to Instagram and let us know where you currently live. Mm-hmm. And then let us know where you're from. Mm-hmm. Um, and how your journey has been, if you did migrate, how your journey has been, or you're a first-generation immigrant, or you're a second-generation immigrant. Um, but yeah, that's the end of this episode. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. If you had any more questions for us, you can let us know on Instagram or our DMs. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, we hope you enjoyed the conversation. Yeah. And you know where to find us on Instagram. So follow us at peasinapodcast.tm. Um, make sure you're engaging with our content. You're saving things. You're liking things. You're commenting. Um, also follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts at Peas in a Podcast. So you're just subscribing. Leave a comment. Rate the podcast. Um you know, share it with someone that you love, share it with people. With this episode, if you do relate, share it with your parents, maybe, or just share it with people who um migrated as well. But yeah, we hope to see you in the next episode. Love and life. Bye everyone. Bye. <laughs>